Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Manola Theatre acknowledges the traditional custodians on the land on which we meet, gather and make art, the Yagara and Turrbal people, and we acknowledge their elders past, present and emerging. another bonus episode of Forgotten. Um, you're with Kat Decker and Bianca Butler-Reynolds and we are the co-founders and creative directors of Manola Theatre. So far you would have heard two episodes of our five-part audio fiction drama Begotten. Alice and Eileen are quite different from one another but uh, hopefully you enjoyed both of them in different ways. We're very excited to be here today uh, chatting with the woman who made it all possible, Siobhan Venice, our amazing um, post-production sound designer and engineer and all-round wonderful woman. Say hi, Siobhan. Hello. I think you flatter me slightly. (laughs) (laughs) Impossible to flatter you too much. (laughs) You're a lifesaver on this project. Hey, before we dive in, um, we might just quickly say that, again, if you're uh, listening along to Begotten in its five parts, there's a chance we might mention some characters coming up, some minor plot points. Um, uh, if you're really uh, trying to avoid spoilers, maybe listen to this after you've listened to the whole piece. Yes, absolutely. We will be on our best behaviour, but there's just, you know, a slight chance we'll get excited and say everything. <laughs> so we're bringing Begotten to you um, uh, in five parts uh, with a new release every fortnight. And in between, we're going to be having chats about the process, about what it's like to run an independent theatre company during a coronavirus lockdown. Um, and just whatever else we feel like chatting about. So thanks for listening, if you are. And Siobhan's going to be talking to us a little bit today about her contribution to Begotten, which, as we've said, was enormous. Um, But just a little bit about Siobhan's process and uh, how she felt, in particular, working on this slightly unusual project. So Kat, do you want to kick us off with some questions for Siobhan? Yeah. Hey, Hey. tell um, tell us about yourself. Tell us how you know us. Oh, well... I actually first met Bianca because her husband is an improviser and I'm also an improviser and I probably just was wandering around saying I'm also an actor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when uh, it came to Bianca casting her play Love You Hate You Drive You Wild she had me in mind which was incredibly lovely and surprising because it was such a fantastic experience and an amazing character which is how I met Kat who directed me. Uh, so that's how I know these ladies and um, it's been wonderful to continue the collaborations that we've done together. So you've talked about a few of the hats you wear. Tell us about the other ones and um, particularly the hat that you uh, wore with us on the go. Oh, sure. Yes. So I also have this other moonlighting life where I make films. So primarily I am a vision editor. So I get the footage and I make it into a story. Uh, but part of that is also um, creating and setting up soundscapes, which I did a bit of training with at uni. Uh, so when you guys contacted me and said that you were interested in putting together a soundscape for this, I felt like that was something that I was skilled enough <laughs> to offer as a skill and also something really exciting because for me, I've never actually done a 
what is a, essentially a feature-length film version of a soundscape without any vision. So uh, it was a really exciting opportunity to to run and do something that I've never really done quite like this before. Yeah. Did you have an impression, uh, I guess, of the script when you first read it? And I know that I'm the writer and I'm sitting here and you probably want to be kind, but uh, I'm just aware that it's a very different story from Love You, Hate You, Drive You Wild, which is the last piece of mine that we worked on together. So I was just wondering, I guess, your reaction to the material when you first encountered it. Well, I first encountered the material in the mindset of someone who was going to create the soundscape. So Ooh, I, can I pause you? I'm yes. sorry. You first encountered one fifth of the material in a slightly different format. Oh. Do you want to tell us about that? Because that was a bit of a, a change as well. Yes, that's right. So at the start of the year, we, we've had an interesting year. We've had, an, we've had a fun one. We've been some places together. Yeah. <laughs> at the start of the year, well, at the end of 2019, um, I uh, approached Kat and Bianca with one of my other creative partners, Luke, uh, because we were interested in collaborating with them. Um, Luke and I are primarily improvisers, but we have actually both studied theatre at university and we both wanted to get back into theatre. So we asked uh, the lovely Kat and Bianca if they would be willing to collaborate with us on doing some short plays together, uh, which which turned into Love Triangle, which was three plays that were primarily about relationships and love and... um, deceit, things of that nature. Uh, but the, the funny thing about that was that I'd actually started doing a Carol uh, Churchill play, which didn't end up going ahead because we had um, illness with one of our cast members. So within the, <laughs> the last three weeks, I just sort of rashly found a monologue for myself that I ended up performing with... Um, performing amazingly, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> with the assistance uh, of a sleeping Ryan Goodwin, who is another fantastic <laughs> improviser and actor that I work with. And just slept so beautifully and believably <laughs> in that bed. If I can, you know, be so bold. What a sleeper. <laughs> yes. So he was my um, boyfriend that I just crept in from cheating on. And the monologue was about sort of that, about the the feelings that you have after you um, cheat on a partner. That was from uh, Ella Hickson play, if yes. I remember correctly which was also a series of monologues. So it seems to be running as a theme. Like it wasn't intentional, but I really do think that monologues are the theme of 2019, 2020. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Uh, and so to pull it back together, that was oh, yes. the same project that I, I then delivered the first monologue from Begotten as part of. So um, Siobhan gave a monologue. I gave the Alice monologue, which our listeners may have heard a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and then that turned into Begotten. Yeah, sorry, I forgot to, I got very focused on myself. Um, Yeah, so the first time I read Alice, I thought it was a really beautiful piece, but I didn't expect it to turn into a full-length play. So that was really exciting when I found out that you were transforming it. And I obviously expected to see it in a theatre when I... When I first heard about it. Yes, that's what we expected to. (laughs) (laughs) But I... As with uh, the Love Triangle fiasco... At the time when I said, when we had to change that, I said, I actually think this has turned out better than we originally planned. And I think the way that this has turned out might actually have been better than was originally planned as well. If you're open to things changing, it's amazing the creative outcomes that can be produced. And my hope for this show is that the radio play with its richness, I hope it has richness because like partially because of the soundscape, um, you can send that to London or you know, Western Australia or whatever. And so this is our play and we 
we're going to perform it in person and they can someone can get a really good impression mm-hmm. of uh, of what it is before they program it absolutely yeah. the other thing that we've um talked about is uh if and when we're back in theaters and, and putting this piece on um so much of the work is already done because we can bring your beautiful soundscape with us and it can exist in that physical space with a performer on stage um maybe in slightly altered forms but there's there's so much lovely layering going on behind those pieces that um we think will also translate into physical space so i agree um it it, you know at the time we were a bit bummed that uh we couldn't go to back dock and and show them what we've been working on but there's uh lovely lovely positives to have come out of the way it all worked hey um so Bianca and I came to you and said we've got no idea how to do this we are not tech savvy we um don't know any of of this stuff so um from your own house over zoom tell us how to do everything what was that process like that was a bit stressful I think I may have stressed everyone (laughs) I in my normal life am not a very big perfectionist I'm a bit all over the place but I found out when it comes to doing anything to do with media I become this insane perfectionist I'm like, it's not perfect. <laughs> back back to the shop. Um, so that was a bit tricky because <laughs> audio recording isn't really my specialty. I would say like the post part of audio is much mm. more where I'm comfortable. Um, so I was trying to guide you, but very conscious that I wasn't an expert in any way. And also I couldn't be in the room, so I couldn't touch things or move things or adjust anything about the room so we have, we're having three-way facetime or zoom <laughs> calls with um you know bianca putting up be- oh. blankets under a desk and with um you know trying to listen to it in the moment and then post recording and oh, oh there were some there were some fun nights it wasn't the most efficient way to go <laughs> and i would agree siobhan it was at the beginning incredibly stressful yeah. while we worked out because i i had to be my own recording engineer so i was trying to sort of be in a creative headspace and like act through my voice while also pressing all the buttons on the software and then for part of it at least having Kat in a window on a separate screen giving me director's notes and I I sort of slowly melted down (laughs) um so we had to rework the system um and it it in some ways became more convoluted but at least functional (laughs) yeah so we decided um as the initial part of the process that um uh we would kind of do the rehearsing and recording all at once so Bianca would um yeah speak speak a chunk of the monologue and then um we'd revisit it with any thoughts I'd had in the moment but um yeah the multiple layers of that kind of um almost broke dear Bianca so um we slightly reworked and decided I I wouldn't have to watch her every time she recorded a piece we could we could do the notes um uh, as as a separate conversation and let her just um uh wear not quite so many hats yeah well oh I in terms of things that I'm curious about like for Bianca um, is it, was this your first time doing voiceover type work? It was, yeah. I've I've mostly been a theatre performer and I've done a little bit of short film acting, but I've never specifically done voiceover. So uh, things that I had to learn about just, you know, interstitial noises and, you know, I, I have a nervous tick where I always like move my legs under the desk and there was a point where Kat was like, I can hear this weird noise in the background. I'm like, oh, I can't even have a nervous tick anymore. This is so limiting. Um, so I definitely had to learn to be incredibly conscious of any noise that I was creating around me and, and really your notes on that, Siobhan, in ways to absorb sound and, and kind of where to stick blankets in your house, which is not designed for recording, uh, were incredibly helpful. Do you think the uh, the process of acting 
did you have to draw on different skills in order because you don't have an audience so recording voiceover in some ways can be a little more sterile did you find it more challenging did you have to draw on different resources in order to do the characters um I think in some ways there was an advantage to the piece being largely dramatic. I think if it was a comic piece, I would have struggled very hard without the audience because I would have no idea whether I was being funny or not. Um, But the way that I tend to work when I'm a performer with a monologue is I get very sucked into it, very absorbed. And so being able to be alone with the text was actually okay because I could just go very deep into my feeling of it and not have to worry too much about an audience response. As much as it's wonderful to have an audience when that's possible, I think, yeah, just the dramatic nature of it meant it was uh, less difficult than it could have been. I was quite struck by how how beautiful and successful the voiceover acting was. I personally find voiceover much more difficult, probably because because I usually do it with my boyfriend who has very specific ways. He wants every word to be said. Um, Our listeners might um, recognise Siobhan's voice because she does do a little bit of voiceover for us in Begotten with our um, intros and, oh, and yes. outros. Yes. Um, so I, I, would, I have to compliment your voiceover as part of this piece as well. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I guess the only other thing that I'm curious about because um, you gave me a lot of freedom I, I basically, I, I read the script and I was like, I hear ocean sounds throughout the whole thing. Water is such an invocative symbol. Um, was, was there anything unexpected that I put in or was there anything that, um, any interpretation that you were surprised by or? Oh, I, I have a response to that. I was so, so impressed by the level of thought that went into creating oral motif Um, You you were incredibly thoughtful about, um, as you say, something like the ocean sound running that between all the episodes, but then also thinking about little sounds that are specific to one character's story, which could then recur in another character's story, you know, generations later. So that's what I was trying to do with the text was have them subtly refer back to one another, but you were intelligent enough in your sound design to also reinforce that through these really sophisticated little nuanced sound reminders. I agree. It's, it's hunting for Easter eggs. Like our, uh, we, we listened um, to the pieces that was coming together so many times and, and I was still finding uh, echoes of, of earlier sounds that, worked in their new space and uh for example the um uh the sound in the museum uh in in our first alice episode makes uh at least one repetition in um in episodes mm, that, that are yet to come. zoetrope noise yeah um and yeah. yeah just having these lovely little echoes back to things that have happened um i mean later chronologically earlier in the delivery of the piece um mm-hmm. in a nice confusing way i want to ask you um do you have a favorite of the five women um I think I agree with Kat in terms of the actual just funness of the character. I love Eileen and I love the way Bianca does it as well. Such a delight. Bianca has this really cute childlike persona that she can bring out for certain characters. And I think Eileen was the only one where I just like actively laughed throughout (laughs) the entire thing. Yeah. So I was putting it together. Just it's such a tragic story, but there's so much humor in the tragedy of it. I agree. And again, I think 
I mean, I, I love all the soundscapes, but Eileen's soundscape has so many of my favourite moments. Um, the uh, Bianca talks about the nervous twitch. You know, we hear Eileen scratching throughout. Mm. Um, and uh, as, as um, I think Bianca mentioned in our last conversation, um, Eileen was the one who... Uh, um, gave me such a visceral response when I was first mm. listening and it was due to that just so present scratch, scratch, scratch on skin. What happens with her music is is mm. really fun and, and enjoyable. And, yeah, I think, um, yeah, there's, there's lots of layers to why she is a lot of fun to listen to. Mm. In terms of the actual soundscapes themselves, I, I liked the final two soundscapes that I did. I think I was... I feel personally that I was getting slightly better every soundscape that I made just because I was getting better at blending the sounds and also knowing what was possible in terms of um, doing mixing sort of post-production effects onto the sounds but um, because they were more historical the final two were the most fun as well not to give too much away but the the fourth episode takes place largely during a World War II in a bunker so you can imagine the kind of fun I could have creating echo sounds in that situation and I think um uh placing those stories historically in time with some of the really wonderful found songs um Mm -hmm. yeah that's I agree there's a lot of fun in those two with um yeah the um the sense of place you created yeah I would agree with that episode four Hazel's episode there is uh an auditory moment that's maybe my favorite of what Siobhan created which is the the 1940s dance hall just oh every time I hear it I'm just thrown into it it's like a scene from the Brooklyn movie or something like I, I feel like I'm there in that space with all the people and the dancing and the the jazz music it's so powerful yeah look out for that listeners that was really fun to create as well I was using all of my university education to do that <laughs> thanks QUT <laughs> you are a university for the real world Well, shall we um, wrap it up there for today? I think so. Thanks so much for chatting to us and thanks so much for um, uh, being the thing that let Begotten happen. Like we so obviously could not have done it without you. It was a delight. And it's so nice to sit in the same room as you now. We're glad to do that. It's so Um, nice. Such a delight to uh, work with both of you. And it was also really lovely um, because I was around 20 weeks pregnant during this whole process. Um, it was really nice to have a project that wasn't so physical that I could do the entire time. So it's, it's lovely to work with other women and to be able to create things while you're... Well, you're creating a thing. Oh, well, I'm creating a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, um, listen up because you are about to hear a preview of Clea, the next woman um, in the Begotten family story. That is correct. And thank you so much for joining us again for this bonus episode. Thank you, Siobhan. Uh, And please enjoy Clea. Her episode will be coming out next week and then we'll be back the following week with another bonus chat. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. My earliest memory of amber is in a tunnel. The memory is so foggy it may not even be real. What I see is brickwork and a brown woolen blanket and lamplight showing the outline of mum's face, her angular chin, her thin lips. What I feel is amber curled against me and our fat fingers wrapped around each other's hands. Exactly the same size, exactly the same number of days old. 
There's a rumble somewhere deep in the memory, but I don't feel scared. I feel peaceful. The first time Brian hit her, she didn't tell me. We caught the tram into town to go shopping and she kept her cap pulled down low all day. The makeup had been applied so carefully, but the skin around her eye shone too much and we both knew it. She kept checking her watch the whole time we had tea. She had to be home by three, she said. I know, I said, you've told me five times. She ate half a scone, then told me again. I don't believe in coincidences. How much shit can happen on one street? One little insignificant street. Quiet, suburban, nothing shady until a year ago, and now two families are destroyed. A disappearance and a death exactly one year apart, and they live next door to each other? Something strange was going on on Hazel Street, and I was going to find out. Golden Ash an episodic crime drama from That's Not Canon Productions. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 